Hey, Jake. I like video games. Well, hey, Tony. I like video games, too. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of Hey, I Like That Game. This is an episode of Hey, I Like That Game. We talk about some video games every episode. That was terrible. <laughs> I... I <laughs> Like, I'm not even sure what you were oh, going so it was for. Like a, like- it's a JRPG, so I was trying to do, like, the Final Fantasy victory, but then, like, I lost oh. the amount of syllables partway through, and then I'm like, I can fix it by doing, like, the little ditty at the end of it, but then that just made it worse. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know, I appreciate the effort. Uh, strong showing. Um, you know, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right, Jake? Yes, I, I still miss a lot of shots. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Oh, I've been doing. I've been doing all right. It's been a. It's been a, a hell of a, a few weeks between between episodes, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy to be talking about video games, and I've been happy to play some video games too. Uh, oh yeah? yeah, like what? Well, so I've been I've been like uh, relaxing a lot of the the old like, comfortable games. I've been playing um, some Civ Six actually. I got out my DS and I played a lot of uh, Advanced Wars Dual Strike. Thank you. Um, for reasons that will become relevant maybe like 30 episodes down the line. Um, oh, great. <laughs> then I also uh, was spending some time in Age of Empires 2, and it was a very good time to do that because a new expansion was just released. We had two new civilizations, the uh, Polish and uh, Bohemians. I always want to say mm-hmm. Bulgarians, but then I'm like, no, wait, the Queen song. No. which are both both like super fun very very cool very cool civs um i don't know their competitive viability or like where they are in the meta because i don't really like play age that way i just really do it to like have fun versus ai with friends and stuff like that um but i have a really fun time with both the civs but i have had an especially really fun time playing the co-op campaign, which was yeah. uh, introduced, like, free update uh, a few weeks ago, and I played through all of those with friend of the show, Andrew, from the Total Annihilation episode. Um, mm-hmm. Super duper fun. Um, if he's if he's listening to this, he's gonna he's about to get really, really mad at me. Uh, so my favorite <laughs> one was, I forget what the campaign is called, but it's, it's the middle one. So you start out uh, with, like, a... a in the feudal age with a heavy force of scout cavalry and cavalry archer like one player has scout cavalry other player has cavalry archer and if you try to like stay back build up your forces you're going to get rolled because you don't get, you're not allowed to advance ages till you like take over a few places so you have mm-hmm. to start the match by like going out and being like really aggressive with the small force you have and it requires a lot of good coordination so like andrew's controlling the archer so spearman's coming up like okay i gotta bring my people back like pick that guy off skirmisher is like i gotta send my guys in so they're not doing damage to andrew's archers and like you take out some civs like super early on and that like lets you open up your tech tree more and has a really good flow to it it took us a few times to you know, know that that's what you had to do. There's a good reason why I know you get rolled if you try to sit back and develop economically, because that happened to us a few times. Uh, but once we got it, we really vibed, and uh, I had a great time with that campaign specifically. Um, that's awesome to yeah. hear. You know, not, like both the new DLC is super cool, and yeah, I, the co-op stuff, releasing that stuff for free is is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super cool. Good, want, good on them. I want more. I want more co-op campaigns. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's cool. It's it's a really cool idea. Um, really cool idea. And it just it just shows that they, uh, you know, 
care about the game. They want to just, you know, make the best possible product. They know there's still love for Age 2, even after the Definitive Edition. Like, there's still great upkeep there, balance changes, new civs, new game modes. Love it. Super cool. Age 4 coming up just around the corner. Very excited Mm -hmm. for that, too. Yeah. And then... uh, Uh, speaking of upcoming day games, uh, another game I've been playing a little bit of recently, The Outer Wilds, is getting a, a DLC that will be coming very soon. And that was another one I was playing um, a little bit, not too much, but I wanted to talk about it. Because I think I told you a bit about this uh, earlier, Tony, where... Yeah. Like, Outer Wilds, if you've, if you've never played it before... Um, I can't tell you why you should play it, but you just you just should. It's, I think, one yeah. of those games that's just... I don't want to... Like, it, it, it's so... It's an experience. It's so good. It's, an it's experience. such an experience. It's so unlike other games. Not yes. necessarily, like, mechanically wise, but, like, the feelings that it makes me feel are so potent. And they're, like, things that I haven't felt since, let's say, I was um, a child playing through Ocarina of Time for the first time and I got to the Shadow Temple and I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. This is affecting me too deeply. Like, older brother, please come here and please come here and play this part for me because like, this is too much for me right now. And Outer <laughs> Wilds has given me that feeling. Um, if you've played it before, it's, it is that thing that you're thinking of, but it's not specifically that thing that like really like freaked me out into my soul and like i can't remember the last time like a game has impacted me that deeply so i've i've, I've played a bit of it yeah sorry go ahead tony i was just gonna say like it's effective like we it's we talked so about effective. it a little bit we talked about it a little bit on the show last year when i when i brought it up but like, i'm glad that you got into it too because it's worth mentioning again this the game is very effective at making you feel things mm-hmm. it's effective at making you like strategize and puzzle your way through it like yeah. it's it's like a uh, more user friendly mist in a lot of ways you know like it is it's a different kind of game it's like it's own unique thing um but it's very inviting like it wants you to to explore and mess with it and it's it's really cool. It's a really cool thing. It's yeah, and there's just there's so much to it. There's so much that you unlock. There's so much that's hinted at that you find ways to get into at your own. You think you're like so fucking clever when you find the solution to some puzzles. Mm, really great. Just I don't know why <laughs> why this this moment really affected me. I'm I'm sorry. I'm talking around the point. Um, I just I really it's the kind of thing where you can't. I don't want to even insinuate at spoilers for people who have played the game before, um, yeah. but use your imagination if you have. Um, and yeah, I'm. I'm. I think I'm going to go back to the game at some point. I've played as much as I want to right now, but like I still like get that call to explore it some more. And like with a DLC coming out, that's going to make more of that. You know, hopefully we'll see uh, when it's released. But like, kind of like hopefully it evokes that same kind of a. Uh, or enables that kind of same amount of discovery yeah. and exploration. Um, I'm super, super duper jazzed about that. I'm I'm intrigued by DLC for that game. Yes, you know we have talked about this, you know, off the show about like how does that even work. I'm very. It's I brought this up on another uh, episode of ours. I'm pretty sure where I talked about uh, Doki Doki Literature Club Plus mm-hmm. coming to consoles, and it's like same sort of thing where I am intrigued by 
the idea here and how they're going to implement it in their game. You know, um, we'll see. It's very, very interesting time for that game. Right, right. Because it's like they, I think they need to make new environments because they can't add on to like their existing like planets and envi- environments now because. If you've played that game for a while, you feel like you've explored those so fully that if a new thing came, like came in, like as as DLC, it would almost seem false. Yeah, because because the game as it stands now feels like it's this perfect little puzzle box. Mm-hmm. It's this per it's this perfect enclosed ecosystem that if you would change or move anything, it would be lesser or something like, or, or just it would feel wrong. So I think you're yeah. right. Like it have to. It would have to be in a different location. But like, how does that even work? You know, like it's. I'm very intrigued. Very intrigued by by that even idea. Well, sorry, I talked about my games in the wrong order. I should have ended on age age two with the co op because I can be like, speaking of co op games, Tony, what have you been playing? You know, uh, <laughs> why don't we just like chop and screw this episode? That'd be a fun editing try for you. Oh, and it's my it's my turn to edit, right? So there we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> homework assignment all of a sudden so i've i've been playing some games jake um i have two in particular i want to talk about the first is honestly this this may sound crazy to you but this game is a, is my front runner for game of the year right now um this game is called dodgeball academia which sounds crazy right but basically what this game is it's a sports rpg so me and you both love you know your mario tennises your mario golf on the gba where it's Absolutely. like here's your sports game with rpg elements this game is that um the combat system quote unquote is dodgeball um they do a, a couple of interesting things with the mechanics where like um if you get somebody out all of a sudden they're on the perimeter of the map and they can also throw balls at you which is you know against the rules of dodgeball i think but like they do a lot of things to um to make the combat a little more interesting. There's like a um, delicate balance between like execution. You know, you have to time the grabs, you know, to to catch the ball in midair. You got to time those right. Um, They balance that with, you know, the strategy of like timing when you throw a shot. Like if you hit somebody with a ball, a lot of times they'll like fall back into like an on the ground animation. And then you can try to time, you know, if I throw this again while they're getting up, you know, that's a guaranteed hit. Or if I throw this ball while they're trying to throw a ball, they'll like hit each other, which will like, you know, be your defense. You know, like there's a lot of fun strategy with just dodgeball in general. Then they add on top of that, several playable characters that all have different stats and abilities. You know, um, there's a, like a super bar that fills and all of them have different, um, abilities there. There's like a healer on the on your dodgeball team. There's like um, your characters that that um, focus on defense. Others on offense. Uh, some of them will throw balls with like crazy spin on them. You <laughs> know that are good in certain situations. Like it's really it's really cool. Um, it's it's a very fun playing game. Like the doing part is really fun. But then on top of that. The art style is like a mix of Paper Mario, Mario and My Hero Academia, and it's like <laughs> it's like incredibly effective. Like uh, Paper Mario, in that you know they're like kind of flat sprites that will flip back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. when they're turning. But the animation and like the art style is so crisp that um, it's just it's 
striking at times. I think like, I think that's the word I want to use because it it really looks like these like cool anime characters that are playing dodgeball. Um, it's it's really great to watch. The music is really good. Um, the UI is also really good. Like I geek out about like main menus and stuff. Like I love the Persona games. 90% because their menuing is so fucking cool looking. <laughs> um, this game has really solid um, UI elements there. The main menu reminds me a lot of uh, Bug Fables, which I talked about on the show before, um, mm-hmm. where it's like really simple, clean, like uses really um, well-designed icons that you know allow you to get around um, the game. It also has like a ton of um, language support and this other thing called, I think it's called like, language learning mode or something like that that like helps people try to learn languages through through that game you know like kind of i haven't messed with it too much but like it's interesting stuff that they have in there like, yeah so a well-designed game um the only negative i could say about this game is that it takes a long time to unlock more characters like you have mm. three characters for the first like three or four hours of the game and then by the end you have like six or seven something like that and those last four characters come like hot and heavy, like real fast. Um, but it's it's really good. I'm playing it on Game Pass right now, so it's out there for everyone who has Game Pass, both on console and on PC. I plan on buying it on Steam as well because this game's just really, really good. It's really good. Um, but like, I legit mean that that it's like the front runner for Game of the Year for me. I yeah. had such a I had such a blast playing through it, and it's like you know relentlessly positive because it is it is that you know shonen anime template main character is like just like uh you know like obsessed with dodgeball is uniquely talented and is all about like positivity and like helping each other out like it's great it's really (laughs) good uh i love it dodgeball academia check that guy check that one out um the other game we've actually played together a little bit this game came out, I think, two years ago, um, 2019. It's called Remnant from the Ashes. So um, I've been meaning to play this game for the last you know, two years. Like, whenever it came out, heard nothing but good things. Um, but it showed up on Game Pass. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to jump into this. It's super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Third-person shooter. Uh, it's very challenging, but, like, in a good way. So it's kind of like a dark soulsy game in, in terms of, you know, difficulty. Like it, it, it matters. You have a stamina, um, meter movement matters. Getting hit sucks. You know, mm-hmm. like you really want to not get hit. Um, and the checkpointing is very similar where they do like a, a similar, like campfire type thing where you can stop at refill all your health and stuff, but then it respawns all the, the enemies. Um, so it's like that, but then it's it's a third-person shooter like a division or something like that. So um, there's three different classes. They all have like um, kind of different starting abilities. But as you like kind of go down um, the path of playing this game, you start to unlock a lot of different things. So those like uh, character arcs or character types start to merge a little bit together. Um, not too much, but like enough where like you're not gated from healing spells or something like that, or, or weapon mods, I should say, uh, for picking one class over the other. Like, it has a good breadth between the three starting classes. Um, it just kind of sets you on a path early in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, bosses are very hard, appropriately so. Like, uh, when we played together, we were able to down, down a boss, right? Um, yeah, yeah, we did. It got 
it got dicey. I had to get a revive from you. We had used our last, uh, whatever they call Estus flasks in this game. Yeah. Uh, we were like out of full out of heels, like both both getting pretty dang low, but we finished them off. Finished yeah, off the like, specter, I think. Yeah, and I think uh, you're playing on normal. I actually uh, butt mine up to hard, which I never do. And man, I'm like loving the difficulty of it. Like, there's two different weapons that you can like have equipped at any time. I have like three or four for both of those slots. Like, you have like a handgun and then like a secondary weapon that's usually like you know a long rifle or a shotgun or you know something like that. Um, so you can kind of switch between those two like main and secondary weapons and like strategizing what weapons I want to use going into like a boss fight, what weapon mods, which are like um, either passive bonuses or like active um, you know, cooldowns, like you pop some armor or uh, give yourself like a fire bonus on your attacks, like stuff like that. So the juggling the two different weapons, multiple different weapon mods that can, can slot in, like it's, it's just enough strategy to make the repetition of fighting a boss, like, meaningful. Like, I'm changing my strategies on the fly as I'm dying over and over to this boss. And it feels like, you know, a good boss will take you the first time. Sometimes, like, an hour to just, like, figure it out. Mm-hmm. But once you once you down your first couple of bosses, you start to, like, figure the game out a little bit more that time comes less and less down. Like the last boss that I fought, I took it out on like my second or third try. Um, And that could be that that was an easier boss or I had the right loadout for that or whatever. But like, I, I feel myself getting better at the game, which like for a difficult game, like that's better than any loot. Right. Like, at least in my mind, like a dark souls game, when you down a boss, it's like, hell yeah, I get gear, but hell yeah, I beat that boss. You know, it was hard. Mm -hmm. So I got that, you know, that hit of uh, adrenaline from that from that moment, uh, and I'm really getting that with this game. Uh, I really like the art style of it. Like it, it starts looking a lot like Last of Us, like the opening areas. I was gonna say that, uh, yeah, yeah. It gives a lot of Last of Us vibes. Like the opening areas that we were playing in is like here's a fallen city that's like overgrown with stuff. Like your your first enemy. Like, group is, I think they're called, like, the root or something like that. They're, like, kind of tree people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that first area is that. But as you progress through the game and unlock more areas and kind of just go out on this really big journey, new areas unlock that are just, like, super cool to me. Like, the area I'm in right now, I think it's called, like, the Labyrinth or, or, or something like that. Um, and it almost looks like um, Stargate-like um, oh. imagery where you have, like, just, like, things hanging up in the like like obelisks like hanging in the sky or like crazy pyramids or just like almost like looks like future tech but it also looks like very old like egyptian kind of feeling like like alien egyptian kind of like look and feel like it's it's fascinating it's a fascinating yeah. game i really just want to keep playing that game um <laughs> After I finished Dodgeball Academia, I, I started to get into Remnant from the Ashes, and I've been, like, hooked ever since. Like, it's really, really solid. And there's, like, a lot of different enemy types. You know, like, it, I felt like this game was going to be just the area that me and you were playing in, you know, like, the Fallen City or whatever. Um, I thought it was going to be just that. 
but as I'm progressing through and I'm I'm meeting a lot more enemy types, I'm seeing a lot more varied locations. Like I'm I'm hitting areas in the in the world map that are like, oh, I'm gonna need like several keys to get past this door, or now I have like five or six different like branching pathways that I could start going down instead of you know a linear path to the next dungeon. Um, it's really cool. It's really really cool. Um, I'm definitely going to keep playing it. I will probably buy it in all the DLC too, uh, because it, like, this is a game that's like worth like supporting in, in my opinion. So yeah, Remnant from the Ashes, real solid. Yeah, best best game of two years ago. Best year. Like wait, we got to go back to the the game of the year awards from that year and re-edit it. That'll be my Jake, second editing project. <laughs> Jake, we got to go back. We have we to make a mistake. We can't, we can't, like, I don't even remember what our game of the year in I, 18. Do we have one of those in 2018, or do we not start till 2019 doing those? I th- I think this game came out in 2019, and I think we did, that was our first year game of the year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, and, I, and I hadn't played it. Like, this, like, like I said, this is a game that I've heard about for a long time, and I've been meaning to play it. Like, I've had it on my Steam wish list forever. Waiting to see, uh, like, does it get down to ten bucks? I could, I feel like I could do that, you know. Mm. Um, and it just never, I just never hap- I just never did it. And I'm so glad that Game Pass exists because it gave me both of the games we've talked about today. Uh, at least I've talked about. It's given me both of those, and I like, I love both of these games. Like, I, and I wouldn't have played either one of them otherwise. So it's fantastic. Game Pass is so good. Yeah, um, good Game Pass. Remnant. It's good. It's it's takes a lot of the great things that I like from the Dark Souls games and uh, I think the more fun parts of like looter shooters like Destiny and really merges those together in a good way. Like you are killing a lot of enemies. It is difficult. There's stamina management. There you have to like play well, not just to have like the good gear like you do in a Destiny. Yeah. Um, but there is like you are getting loot. They are dropping more crafting equipment and, and more and more upgrades and stuff like that. So there's more immediate reward to killing enemies other than like just flat xp like you get in yeah. dark souls but there's a little bit more character growth and like change of gameplay style from your new loadouts and like, your new gear like you get in a destiny so it's it's good i like it i've enjoyed playing with you um i've had like no time to play it anymore since like we first started oh. but like i definitely oh, want to we'll keep playing be- it too Oh, we'll be playing it. Oh, we um, will. I, I can oh, tell. We'll I can tell by Utah. I feel like I have to get the DLC now, too. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so one of the things, like, I just had this thought, and I, I feel like I should say it. It's like, it reminds me a lot of, like, Monster Hunter in that, um, in a lot of different ways. Um, one way in particular is you can kind of refight bosses over and over again and, like, get materials from them. So it's like, oh, I got this one piece of material, now I can make this gun, or I got this other piece, and I can, like, make a mod from it or something like that. You know, it gives you reasons to, to replay bosses. So I guess that's, that's kind of monster hunter, but in terms of design, one of the really cool things about monster hunter is that there is, you know, certain monsters are difficult and they're there to teach you different mechanics. Like it's trying to teach you, Oh, here's your iframes. Here's, you know, this is going to be a tester for you. It's going to be hard. It's like a, uh, a gate you have to open, a mountain you have to climb to get to the the next layer of strategy or the next, like, you know, the peeling back this one piece of this onion to get, you know, deeper in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this game does that similar thing where 
as you start beating bosses, you're starting to like get confident in your ability to play the game. And then in doing that, it reveals more of itself to you. So you're getting the reward of, hey, I'm getting better at this game. I'm not dying as much. On top of, oh, here are cool new areas to discover and explore. Here's cool items and, and you know better stuff to get, um, which I feel is kind of like a Monster Hunter loop. It's a, it's a similar thing. Like, beat this hard thing, get better at it, and now you're getting better stuff. And, you, and you're on that that loop, you know, on that grind to get better stuff, but it's driven by, I like these mechanics, you know, like it's, it's teaching me how to play it well. And, um, it's great. It's really good. Yeah. It is a good game. It's a good game. We talk about good games. Um, occasionally podcasts, (laughs) (laughs) you know, right. I I say that, I say that as the guy who said, I have not liked the last several games we've played. (laughs) <laughs> um but two more things before we get to um our, our episode uh game legend of mana mario golf beer league starts this weekend sunday is the first week uh i'm very excited it should be great people you still have time to get in write write email to hey i like that game at gmail.com or just yell at me and you can still get added to this thing it's yeah. super fun can't wait to do it $20 buy-in, and then we're doing like a, a $2 ace pool every week. Should be super fun. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is there is a big Try Hard Tuesday announcement coming very soon. So you know, pay attention to the socials and uh, you know all of that stuff, but I'm really excited. We, um, <laughs> we have a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy. Uh, Try Hard Tuesday is going to have a, a sponsor, at least like short term. I'm still working out all the details, but it's looking like this thing's going to be a go. Uh, I'm really excited for for the potential of that. So, you know, pay attention to our social media uh, outlets and stuff for announcements, and you know, dust off your your GameCube controller, play some Smash Brothers, folks, because uh, there's going to be some cool Smash stuff in the future. Uh, with that, with that announcement, I am I am indeed dusting off my uh, Switch Pro controller, and I will be entering this upcoming Try Hard Tuesdays, Tony. Oh hell yeah, should be good. That's awesome. <laughs> Captain Falcon again? I think I'm gonna try Pikachu this time. I like it. I like it. You Go back to my first tiers. main. <laughs> yeah, yeah, top tier. God. Um, I think that does it for uh, top part of the show, huh, Jake? I think it does. <laughs> Before we started, we were like, we'll have a short top of the show. Here we are, the... nearly 30 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably the longest we've ever done. Uh, so anyways, uh, on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about Legend of Mana. Stick with us, folks. Hey, everybody. Jake here. Hope you're enjoying this episode of Hey, I Like That Game. If you have a question or a recommendation for Tony and I, you can reach us on our email address, which is heyilikethatgame at gmail.com. You can tweet me at likethatgame, or you can find our Facebook page, which is the Hey, I Like That Game podcast. Anyway, enjoy the rest of the show. Bye. Settle in, Jake, because we're back. <laughs> Settle in, partner. Um, so we're going to talk about Legend of Mana today. 
I'm going to preface this entire conversation with um, something I, I often say on this program, but this is one of the games I first thought of when we came up with the concept of this show. <laughs> this, like Mega Man Legends, is yeah, like... You thought a lot. The, you thought about a lot of games. <laughs> right. I, that, that was a really big list uh, initially. <laughs> but, like, like uh, Mega Man Legends was, like, it fits in the same category of, like, here's a game that, like, I feel like was... Um, I played it a ton as a kid, but I, I hadn't... I guess I revisited this game earlier than um, Mega Man Legends, but, like, this is a formative Tony game, you know? So Legend of Mana came out in 1999. It's an action role-playing game uh, made by Square, which is now Square Enix. Um, so before that merger happened. Uh, it's the fourth game in the Mana series um, following 1995's Trial of Mana that, like... So I was looking at Wikipedia, and they said this game was like a, a spinoff of the Mana game for some reason. I, I never thought of the Mana series having an official timeline or anything like that, but like, yeah. whatever. This is the fourth Mana game. You know, there was Secret of Mana on the um, Super Nintendo. A lot of people knew about that game. Um, you know, this is the fourth in that series. It is very interesting. So it's, yes. an, action, it's an action role-playing game that has a focus on combat, but also non-linear storytelling, I would say. Um, at least, maybe maybe it's more like a spider web in that um, there's a lot of straight lines there, but they intersect and they cross all over the place. Um, this game in particular is very different than the other mana games too, so like if you're coming to Legend Mana after playing Secret of Mana, let's say, you'll you'll see kind of the evolution of the combat system, but in terms of um, gameplay uh, outside of combat, this game is, like, wholly different. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean that because this game... um, This game's world is represented by this, like, giant map that you pick out. Like, there's this huge continent uh, of a world, and you start the game by picking your playable character and... The, a location on this map. And then you as a player character will go to different, I guess, like levels. I guess that's what we'll call them, like different levels that are rep- represented by artifacts that the player places on the map. So you have the autonomy to build your own world map, basically. Um, you get those artifacts by completing quests given by NPCs. Um, the game features temporary sidekick characters that the player can recruit uh, and a second player can play, which we'll get into like kind of the co-op aspect of this game later. Um, but it has you know NPCs you can recruit to play to to be on your team temporarily while they while your your main character and their interests align in some way. Um, you can recruit monsters and breed and like train them up. You can build golems. You can build weapons and armor. Um, there's a lot of different systems going on in this game. Uh, like I said, this game features a story that is like somewhat non-linear. There's a lot of diverging subplots, um, and there's a couple of meaningful choices that are kind of sprinkled in. But it is um, this game is a lot on paper. You it's, know, it is so much on paper, and mm-hmm. we know because we we've looked at the wiki of this, and it's it's so much. There's yeah. There's, like, hour-long tutorials on just, like, the crafting alone. 
Yeah. Not even like crafting, like tempering, which is like a sub part of crafting. It's it's a profoundly deep game. I think probably the best way to describe the the narrative of it, it's it's very episodic. It's almost kind of like um like maybe like Avatar: The Last Airbender, where there's like an ongoing arc of like mm-hmm. defeat the Fire Lord, save the Mana Tree. Um, but like most quests are fairly self-contained like they might bring up a a character who's important later there might be like some like two-parters that are more like main plot related that like progress stuff like that but like you're not moving forward in a linear narrative the way you do in a normal game but like there still is one there yeah yeah i i like your um your comparison or like your your episodic in nature because it does it does feel like that and it does it does kind of feel like avatar in that like you have your main quests you have little side stuff that's happening all at the same time but like there is no one main quest other than i guess like save the mana tree um which i even that, i didn't do i'm not entirely sure how you do it or if you can i don't know it, yeah, you, you can you can like there is there is like an ending to this game and you can get the mana tree and bring it back to the world but it is um like a lot of the a lot of things in this game, it's a little obtuse how you get there. Um, you you it's had a, mentioned it's that a there's lot like of our, obtuse. There's a lot of obtuse in this game. Like this we, angle we talk, is so obtuse, it's just a full ass circle. <laughs> yeah, it, like we talk about how there's like so many systems and hour long tutorials and stuff, and like it. I think some of the beautiful parts of the design of this game is that you know crafting and tempering are really like simple in how you do things. It's like you press a button, I I crafted the sword. And then to temper, it's like, okay, I'm going to temper into this sword this material. And I bet it makes it stronger. Oh, look, it does. You know, like it's not super complicated on its surface, but underneath this game is like such an intricate system of interplaying systems that do not explain themselves very well, um, but are there nonetheless. Um I feel like that stuff there is good for people to get into, but I, I feel like so much of this game is that um, you can kind of jump into it and dabble in it, and you're still fine. You can still complete the game for the most part. You can get everything you want out of it, but if you want to go deeper, it's there. Like It has that, that depth if you want it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. I'll I'll agree with that. To some extent, so uh, like uh, they were talking about all the mechanics when we were we were playing co-op. You you were showing me like you've done all the all the things in this. Like you played this game. Like you already kind of knew what was going on. You were in the wiki. Like you had your golem, your monster corral, your crafting and stuff like that. I didn't engage with all parts of that. I did some crafting. I did a bit of monster crawling. I didn't I didn't touch the golems at all. Um, And like cool. Like you can engage with those mechanics of a game how you like and like that's kind of optional content the thing that frustrates me about it is that for th- things like selecting so there's a big there's a giant game map and then you select like a small square mm-hmm. within that and you can just you can you can pick wrong you can pick wrong and then you won't be able to play some artifacts and like your game is going to be hard 
limited because of that and you don't you don't you don't know why they don't tell you that that's literally the second decision you make in the game your character's gender and then where your game map is and the gender doesn't matter the game map it matters it matters a lot um like (laughs) i i will disagree that it matters a lot i there are it doesn't matter that i might be overstating its importance yeah, because there are quest fail states in this game that are super easy to fall into completely unknowingly. Like that, that is some of the the really shitty things about this game is that mm-hmm. because there's these obtuse systems, you're gonna have things like that that fall through the cracks, and that is not good design. Like that is not good design. But the things that you miss, at least in my opinion, are fairly inconsequential to the whole of the game if you are like a 100 percent completist there are ways to do that in this game easily and it's been mapped out several times at this point but like that's never been important to me so the the choice was always interesting to me even if even if it allows me to make the wrong choice you know like the fact that the choice is there i appreciate i would appreciate it if it like if it told you about it if maybe there was oh. like a hey you get you you make your own game map like you place you place tiles some tiles might need water keep that in mind so you don't have a landlocked map like yeah 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 something like that just like a little like hey fyi before it starts which i don't know i think they could have done in the remaster but i i totally agree like we um full disclosure we both played the remaster that just came out yep um i have played the original several times i had this game in 1999 when it came out for my my playstation and played a ton of it but we were playing the remaster for this and they do add some descriptions like if you go if you're on the world map in this you can bring up like i think it's like a help index of some sort and it tells you some of these things that do not explain themselves at all in the original game but you're right they could have done more to um to teach to just like peek a little bit behind the curtain of how these things work or how simple decisions to you can fuck your game. Mm-hmm. You know, like that is shitty. It's super shitty about this game. But I don't think it's the worst thing in the world because you no. can place you can place that cursor, that map uh, on your overall continent a lot of different places and, you know, I don't have the exact figures on this, but I got a figure the vast majority of those placements, you will be able to finish that game. While you may not get 100%, you'll probably get 95%, you know? And if you want that additional 5%, then you will go about figuring out how to do that, and then you slip into those deeper systems, right? Um, that is not a good thing, right? It, design-wise, I, it's not a good thing, but it is there, you know? It is It is what it is, I guess. It, it is um, what it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think that um, I don't think that holds this game back from being truly good and like a um, a fun game to play because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it doesn't affect the like mission to or quest to quest like mechanics of the game, like the combat of it, like the crafting of things. Like that is influenced a bit by where you place artifacts, but in general, it's it's going to work out just fine. I think that's right. kind of emblematic of the inscrutability of this game where it doesn't provide that information to you like um you learn new moves by having different abilities equipped and then like that combination is going to like progress towards 
uh, points to unlock new moves, but that's all secret. That's all hidden. And I get that to an extent, but it also made there's like a like a table that's like okay you've unlocked this but like there's like oh there's three question marks that are like by it so that kind of like leads me to infer what i also might be able to learn like that's that's also not there in the game and of course like all this stuff that we're talking about can be completely rectified by having a wiki open but if you don't like to play games that way i get it but this is a game where it uh it's necessary it's, in a lot of it's, ways. It's almost mandatory. Um, I went on a bit of a journey with this game. So I started it out. I, I So the the first hint of me not knowing what I was getting myself into was with the like cinematic trailer at the beginning. Where yeah. I thought I had never played a Manda game before. I didn't know anything about this game. Uh, and I was just like, okay, cool. JRPG. I've, I've been here before. Like you get a wacky party, you know group of teenagers beats up slimes till they're powerful enough to kill god um you still kind of kill god in this but it's not that same progression um so yeah we're watching the trailer and it starts introducing characters i'm like oh cool it's introducing your side characters like i I can't wait to see like the like the six people you get on your team and then it's just like it keeps going it keeps going it keeps showing more characters we're going we're like at 20 people there's agumon like it just keeps flying (laughs) right by you and stuff like that and it's like what the (laughs) hell am i getting myself into right now because those are all the different characters you can like you get in some kind of quest there's just so much going on here and i was like okay cool like this is going to be a weird game to try to figure out and i but i made the mistake of trying to figure it out and that really bit me in the ass in the lantern quest where you have to learn a language and i had like a piece of paper i'm like writing shit down and i'm like i'm gonna I'm going to fucking engage with this game on its own damn terms if it kills me. And that wasn't good. I shouldn't have tried to force it like that. Once I accepted it and, like, opened the wiki, I was able to, like, get more out of this game. So, I definitely agree with with that. Uh, (laughs) The Spirit's Light is the the quest you're talking about where you need to learn the the Dub Bear's accent. The the Dud Bear. The Dud Bears. Uh, Dub! (laughs) Uh, Dabba Dooba, Dabba Dooba. <laughs> it's great. I got okay. a lot of gas. So gak gak gak. Um, so I also did that. I have very very vivid memories of you know 1999 Tony having his uh, legal pad in front of him and translating the text and like going through and trying to put it all together. And like you're right. It is frustrating. Some of the frustration of this game and some of the quest design is you run back and forth and just talk to people. You're not really engaging with combat at all. You're just talking. And this is one of those quests where it's like, yeah, this is not super fun to do. But Mm -hmm. I I very much remember exactly what you said. I'm going to engage with this game on its terms. And it was – and, like, I had fun with it. You know, like, that's a fond memory for me. But part of it is because, like, I shared that memory with, like, friends while playing it. And, like, I I have two buddies I could just text right now and I could just say dub to with an exclamation (laughs) point. And they would, like, immediately, immediately start laughing or, like, get it. You know, like, it's Mm -hmm. just – it's not that it's like a good memory; it's just very vivid because this is something that was really interesting they did in this game. Um, interesting doesn't have to be good, you know. <laughs> That's, um, yep, yep. <laughs> yes. um, but but yeah, like there's I, the thing that I really like about this game, and it's like I had this weird thought uh, 
driving around the other day. I was like going to the grocery shop or something like that. I was thinking about this game. And it reminds me a lot of like Majora's Mask in that like the best I thought parts that the, too. <laughs> yeah, like the best parts of the story in this game is not you as the player, but you as the player experiencing the story and sometimes playing a role in it. You're really there just as like a fly on the wall to experience what is happening to these other NPC characters that are like super interesting. Like Elazules and the was it the Jumi, that whole arc with like mm-hmm. the, the crystal uh, crystal knights or whatever, like that is all interesting and fun. You have the entire like what we played together, the the Dragoon arc with you know Lark and Sierra and um wait, what was the bad guy's name? Uh Dr- Evil like, Von Mustache Face. Uh, yeah, it was dragon. like Draconis. <laughs> yeah, like Draconis or like Evil Lord. Like, Lark, you know, don't you know Draconis the the blood dragon is a bad guy. Oh, well, you should see it from his perspective. <laughs> they tried to do that in that arc. Like, Lark tries to do that weird turn. He's like, he's a heel the whole time. And then he tries to turn to a good guy. It's like, ah, I don't know if that really lands. But, like, you know, longer quests like that are really not about you as a player character. It's about these other interesting characters mm-hmm. having moments, you know? Um which I which I like. I like that about this game. It's like your own personal quest to restore the mana tree is, you know, the the last goal you do before you get credits, right? It is like the main quest, but like it is so backseat to everything else happening in this game, you know? Um, yeah. Which I like. Let's see. So we talked about combat a little bit already. Um, one of the things I, I, uh, I've always noticed about the mana combat is that it's not smooth. It's, like, shifty. Like, your characters don't move, like, a natural walking motion in You're, like, uh, skating, almost. Yeah, like, you shift on the ground. You know, like, you, 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 you skate, shift around, that, around the ground, which is, like, it's okay. It's not great, but, like, it's fine. But, like, what you were saying before about the, um, the abilities, um, you're right. There should be, like a map or something to kind of tell you, hey, combine crouch and jump together and you'll eventually learn high jump. You know, like, it should tell you more of that stuff. But as a kid, I remember experimenting with these things. You know, summer break, we had hours and hours just to play video games. Right. Like, I had a ton of fun messing around and figuring out these things. Like, combining jump and crouch together to make high jump was like one of those, like, light ball moments. Like, oh, Oh, that's how this game works. Like, that makes sense. You would crouch down, then jump up. If you do those two abilities together, you do the, uh, you know, the learned ability of high jump. So then it became like, I'm going to experiment with all these different abilities and learn everything, which was, you know, I did it super fast in this game because I, like, already know all of that. But as somebody who has never played it, I'm sure that was incredibly frustrating to you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, super frustrating but it it gave me those those vibes of you would play this when you just had all all the time in the world where you could experiment with it where you didn't have or was it wasn't like an easy way of finding out more information about the game other than like buying the strategy guide or just trying shit and talking to other people who had tried shit like that's super cool and like the way that uh, like the 
internet guides of this game exist right now and like the youtube videos and tutorials it's very much that feeling of like there's so much wild stuff in this game that you would never be able to figure out or like it would take so long for you to figure out like i can't wait to show you about it so you can like use it in your game to to help get like the monsters you want or to craft good starting game items it definitely gives me that that kind of vibe and it's not that's not bad like i don't it's 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 different and it's unfortunately not a way that like we as adults can always engage with the video games yep a hundred percent a hundred percent um this game is is flawed in a lot of ways um but i i have a really good time with it because one thing we haven't talked about at all um, is the presentation of this game. Mm-hmm. Art is, um, I'll use the word stunning. Like I think the art in this game is incredible. The backgrounds, all of the the sprite work, you know, all of the art in this game, save for maybe the world map um, it, that looks a little janky these days, but. Um, Everything is, like, hand-painted, hand-drawn. You know, it is, um, like I said, stunning. I think it's stunning to look at. And I think the music is... I, I'm always the one to bring up music in these in, in these episodes. But um, it is a standout um, mm-hmm. of this game. Like, there is so many good track. Like, Diddle's Oregon, Mystic City Geo, Wanderer's Path, which is, like, the main path music. Um, the Darkness Nova, which is like that boss music from the Dragon Arc, that's like kind of sounds a little metal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, man, this music is so good. It's so good. Like, yes, um, phenomenal music in this game. Great, like '90s, uh, like RPG soundtrack, and it's it's it stand out even amongst those. Yes, absolutely. And and like I said, I I think the the artwork, the sprite work is excellent you know like all of the characters all of like your npc party members or people that you interact with to get quests they every single one of them that is like a meaningful character you know so outside like the sprites or maybe like the little onion uh, or sprouts i should say the sprouts and like the onion warrior guys um everybody else is a very unique silhouette very unique character model um they're all written with their own kind of voice, which is, you know, that kudos to the local localization team for that. But, like, mm-hmm. each character feels very much their own. And it's great. Like, Niccolo, the fat rabbit, who's, like, all, like, about making money. You have, like, Elazul, the the moody swordsman. Um, <laughs> Gilbert, the shitty bard centaur. Like, um, there's Lark, who is, like... "Quote unquote conflicted, uh, like hero-ish character." Yeah, um, I mean, uh, who else? Uh, I also really like, um, I like Bud and Lisa, the the little uh, sorcerers. The little oh yeah, the, that you meet. Yeah, giant, I, I love them. giant ears in the dome cut. Yeah, yeah, Bud. He um, just wants to. He just wants to meet all the wis- like the wisdoms. You just want you just. Bud wants to go visit all the wisdom, so take Bud to all the wisdom. Just take it. Get the wisdom. Take him. I would give that kid anything he wants. (laughs) He's great. Bud is awesome. Um, Uh, So I think uh, up to this point, 
nothing I've said about the game is like exceedingly negative or I would think controversial. Anybody who's played this game would be like, yeah, 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 that 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 tracks. Like I get that from Jake. Um, This is where I think I I have to make my controversial opinion about this game known. Sure. Um, Yes, I I, I agree that the backgrounds of this game look phenomenal, but I think this game is over-designed to shit, and it makes it Mm. very difficult to navigate and i think it makes the sprites look very jumbled and pretty ugly at times so Mm. you think about um so let's say like elazul um he is a a jumi like their race is characteristic they have like a big glowing orb in the center of their chest but he has so much shit going on with his armor his hat his flowing hair his scarf his sword pointy boots like just just all these intricate parts that are trying to be detailed in 16-bit sprite work or i don't think 16-bit because it's ps1 but like uh like still no, no, it, no. i i get your point though necessarily like, like, it, sprite it, work. D- it jumbles together like the player character is probably like the ugliest fucking thing i've ever seen it's it's sorry not ugliest that's hyperbole apologies but like i think that the sprite work looks not fantastic. I I think I'm like big boss characters is really where it pushes forward, where there's enough canvas yeah, that yes. like that busy design has more room to to fill out. And when it's on like a big dragon or like when the first bosses you fight, like a yeti with a giant club, like that guy looks super duper cool. Yep. But the human sized character sprites, not a fan. And so you know what. I, I do agree. I do agree with that. Like, they try to convey a lot in those sprites, and then when you look at the official artwork to that, it's like, oh. Or, like, when you finish one of their quests and you see, like, their artwork, it's like, oh, that's what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Huh. You know, like, I totally agree with that. And uh, then, so I, I, I can only speak for the remake on this. The remake, the backgrounds are are, are truly works of art, and they look so so good there's so much detail there's so much personality in all the backgrounds that really conveys the area you are like i think about um like the underworld where when you're going through the hallways like the pillars have like creepy faces with glowing eyes on them that are like really subtle but when you notice it just like really mm, adds that impact to the setting but the graphical or like a visual difference between those very sharp and detailed and fine painted drawn backgrounds with the kind of sloppy sprite work of the characters it's it's it does not mesh it does not mesh very like that well very well and it makes it difficult to even like gauge where you are on the xy axis i've whiffed so many hits against enemies just because like i don't know where my depth is compared to them and Mm -hmm. that's I think a shortcoming of the artistic design of this game, this might be particular to the remake. I don't know how that works in the in the original, but ah, this this I know I know what they're going for, and like I I applaud their ambition. This is a PlayStation One game. You can't just have simple base sprites like you would in like the Super Nintendo or the Genesis. Like there's a bit more oomph there that they want to work with. I get that, I respect that. That's really shown in the backgrounds that are cool. 
but it's just it's busy and it makes an already frustrating to navigate game that much more difficult to move around and to to look at at times i i'm not gonna fight you on on that point like i think like niccolo is like one of the the best looking characters and he's like simple he's like bright colors simple you kind of can see all the elements of him but mm-hmm. you're right Elazul, um pearl and black pearl to a certain extent Lark, oh yeah sierra uh ellie uh all of these characters don't look great, but like a scad, I think a scad looks great. Like it, like they're doing less with him. Like the characters are doing less with look the best. So I totally agree with that. Yeah, and uh, the I monsters, also, the monsters have less going on too. And like I think the monsters look really cool. Great, and they look great. Yeah, and I'll also agree the male main character looks like shit. <laughs> Female character looks great. Female character sprite looks great. I think that one works way better. Male. Male doesn't make much sense. Like it's, it, no. you're right. It's very hard to read mm-hmm. um, what that character's supposed to look like. But then when you look at that sprite next to like official artwork, you're like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. But like, but you're totally right. Looking at some of those sprites, um, do not convey what they look like. Like, oh god, what's the name of like the the teapot people? Um, oh jeez. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Like the first quest with Niccolo. There's like that teapot. It's like Tipo, I think his name is, but like it's it's so weird looking. And mm-hmm. when I look at that sprite, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, what is that? And I think some of it is that's part of the whimsy of this is that things are extravagant and weird and different. And that's not it's not a great. I think you're totally spot on that it is messy to convey what they're going for. Um, I think it just comes down to like a personal opinion with that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, you know, a hundred percent. Like I, I will agree. A lot of these sprites don't look amazing, but I think more, more of the characters than not look cool to me, in my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm not gonna, but, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shoot talk it too much because obviously there's a ton of effort put into into the design into the work there and since they are are so busy that just that just shows that much more focus that went into every detail of the characters i'm not trying to say that this is like a lazy looking game quite the opposite i don't think i've seen a game that's put much so much like expressive detail in like every every little area of the game yeah totally totally um so um we played some of this game co-op. This game has a co-op function. Yes, that was going to be my next thing. So um, this game has co-op for a 1999 like, JRPG, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, action RPG, but see, you could call it JRPG. Um, this type of thing didn't really exist. Um, this was like a Tony game from, from its initial onset of being able to play with two people. Like, I really really like being able to sit down on the couch with somebody else and play a game like this together those type of things like don't didn't really exist before this like um and they still like some they kind of are a thing now but like still not not really but like i really enjoy these style of games where like your combat's a little more actiony there's still leveling up and crafting and stuff but you're able to like go through this story together with a friend it's great I even liked 
I was a big fan of Final Fantasy IX in that it allowed you to plug in a second controller and be like, okay, I'm going to control Vivi and, you know, this character, and then you're going to control these other two characters. And even though it's just, like, turn-based battles, like, it's not even, like, a big deal to fight. Um, Having two people sitting with controllers and playing an RPG is, like, one of my favorite things. Like, I just love that experience. Um, So, yeah, the co-op in this game allows you to do that. But there's a lot of guardrails on it. It's a little esoteric, you know? Like, um, Jake, if I had a memory card with... Uh, or if I had your save file and brought it over to my game, your character could be in my game, and we could fight together, uh, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But if you try to do that, you can only do certain quests because most of the time you have to have the other NPC with you because, like like we said before, a lot of this game is experiencing somebody else's story, Right. So that's kind of crappy. And then, you know, when we played together, you were, um, I was controlling my main character, you were controlling the NPC, and there were stretches where the NPC would leave to go do whatever, and then you don't have a character anymore. Um, And you just kind of have to sit back and and do that. So um, that sucks, you know? Um, Yeah, I, I mean, like, I had fun. I had a great time playing co-op with you, and um, after spending some time with the AI-controlled uh, NPCs, like I, I would, I can appreciate for sure how much uh, co-op really uh, adds to this game. It's so weird how it is implemented because there are yeah stretches where you can't, you're not going to be able to do co-op just because you don't have another another player character or another like um, NPC like in your party there. It's it's very it's very odd, but like it was it was still cool. Um, one of the uh, they said they have like I think two quality of life improvements in the re in the remake, uh, which is you can turn off encounters, which is helpful yep. because you need to do a lot of backtracking in this game, and then you can have the second player character be um, automatically controlled. So it basically like I no longer am playing co-op. I set the controller down. Like, they're following you. They're doing combat automatically. And you can, like, turn it off. And then, like, okay, I can pick back the controller and start playing. And that came in handy because we would just have to Google how the hell do I progress this quest <laughs> all the time. So it's like, all right, I'm going to put the controller down. I need to Google this, Tony. You keep you keep running around doing your best. Yeah, yeah. It is... Uh... <laughs> and, and imagine, like... The majority of the hours I've spent with this game did not have those things. So I have replayed so many sections in the jungle, like those fights over and over and over again and have like so much loot because I would get lost somewhere and then, oh, I have to just redo these fights over and over again. Or um, you had to go to a save point to turn on manual versus like auto control of the secondary character. Hmm. So imagine if we were playing this and like, up. Oh, I'm like 15 minutes from a safe spot. Got to go find one real quick so I can turn this on and we can play together. Like that sucks. You know, like I played this game a ton when I was younger. Like I played it when it first came out with my buddy, Kyle. Uh, We played the first, first few hours of this game, like several times. Like I would get to the point where I have, you know, magic and a blacksmith put together. I could do that in my sleep. Uh, like we just done it a million times together. Um, I got into it again when I when I was playing with a, my buddy Jeff uh, in uh, just right after high school, and like the whole thing has been a very enjoyable trip down memory lanes. I appreciate like a multiplayer RPG like this. However, 
a lot of that time sucked when I was playing younger, when I was younger, because it didn't have these quality of life features. So like for me, having those features in this game just like made it a better experience. Like it, it made it like, this is the rose tinted glasses, right? If I played the original game, I bet I'd be a lot more sour on some of these things because, because of the frustration of, okay, I'm trying to get to this point so me and you can play together, Jake. Ah, shit, now I have to jump through all these random hoops to make it work. So, like, I'm glad they did the work to make at least some of the elements of this game that were um, not great a lot better and a lot easier yeah. to, um, to navigate. So that's that's kudos on, on kudos to them for, for doing that. Mm-hmm. Can we talk real quick about weapons? So oh, yeah, this this game, uh, there's a ton of different weapons to play with in this game. You can use all of them as your main character. The the um, NPC characters, uh, they're all kind of locked into their own weapons and movesets. But you as a player character can do whatever you want. Um, there's I don't know. I don't know how many weapons there are off the top of my head, but it's it's more than 10, probably less than 20. It um, seems it seems like there's like a healthy dozen. Like a good a good amount of weapons. You have like you know uh, short sword, two handed sword, axe, spear. They have flail, which is like a like nunchucks, which is actually way more fun than I remember it being. Um, <laughs> fists, um, stabs, you know, all sorts of different stuff. Um, what did you play with? Did you mess around with all the different weapons, or did you stick to one? Not with uh, all the weapons. So I started out with a two handed sword, and then um, when I finally bit the bullet started uh using online resources more and like looking at the wiki and whatnot um i just followed a a, like a crafting and tempering recipe to make a pretty awesome uh, one-handed axe because that's the weapon that um lark has who is who i was playing in the two two two-player campaign with you or the uh, two co-op mode with you and uh, i kind of like the the one-handed axe so i i stuck with that for for a bit and then I think, like, when I got, like, to the very, very end of the game, like, I just, like, picked up um, a spear that had more attack power, so then I finished up with a spear. Yep. Yeah, I uh, spear was, like, always, like, my favorite weapon, and um, the I think it's called, like, the star or something. I, I don't remember the name of the actual spear, but in some of the later levels they drop and yeah it's like a, it's a fucking solid spirit mm-hmm. it was always like uh, very, uh, very nice for young Tony when he was playing this game, because I I didn't change weapons a lot when I was younger. Uh, this time I played with a bunch of stuff. So I did. I started with two-handed axe. Um, I played some spear. I did some flail. I did some um, staff. Uh, I think I also did a couple of one-handed sword runs too, just to kind of mess with it. But like, all of the weapons are fun. Now they're not all good. <laughs> I think no. I think the knives suck. Knives suck. You can move like you can attack really fast, but it's it's not great. Um, the fists are not always great either. Um, the short range, like fast hitting ones, are not nearly as good. The flail is like the exception to that. I feel like the flail is really fast, but it has a lot of things that can like push enemies away from you easily. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I, I think. It, the fact that there's so many weapons to mess with in this game, and each weapon has their own um, cat, uh, uh, their own, uh, their own like um, catalog of special techniques they can learn. So, um, you know, once you're learning 
you know, different abilities like a double jump or like, you know, counter and stuff like that. The more of those abilities you learn, the more special techniques you learn. So once you learn a bunch of abilities, switching around to different weapons ends up being like a super fun thing because after every couple of battles, you learn a bunch of new special techniques that you get to try out, Mm -hmm. which is always fun. I always like that. Um, We also haven't talked about like the magic system at all, which is like... um, it's just basically uh, you can craft instruments and they you can imbue them with uh, magic items to like give them that type of effect. So if you give it the Undine uh, metal, it'll be like a water thing. So that like there are different coins that um, associate with different gods and spirits in the game and like that's how you like you make these instruments and you imbue them with magic um there's a bunch of different like types of magical attacks too so like you have you can make a harp or like a drum or a flute or something and then imbuing different magic into those different different instruments make different moves you know so you not all instruments are the same um, it adds a lot of variability there. Now, magic's not super strong in general. Like, as far as I could tell, um, using magic, unless, like, you're very specifically building a character to be good with magic, um, is going to be inferior to weapon attacks. Yep. But it's fun. It's still fun. You know, I have fun messing with it, but it is, like, ultimately feudal i feel like it's another Um, one of those systems that you don't have to engage with i i didn't i didn't mess around with the magic um at all but i know you were you were throwing out spells when we were playing together yeah i think it's just like another one of those systems that it's there it's there for you to really sink your teeth into it's fairly deep for what it is um yeah yeah, it's another it's another cool cool thing to add in there same with the monster catching, raising, and the golems. Like yep. these are systems you do not have to really interact with, but they're there if you want to spend the time. Monster catching and raising, like I, you know me, I love that element in any <laughs> video game. Like that is like one of my favorite things. And this game um, has a fun one of those, but totally not necessary. I've spent a lot of time with it in the past. This time playing it, I went past it completely because I spent more time with the golems. Um, I had never really done that in the past. I had always kind of stuck to the monster catching. Um, But I messed with golems this time. And it's really fucking neat. It's a very neat system. So you, a golem is basically a robot. You're building a robot. Um, It has several different um, archetypes that you can build based on the weapons and armor you use as kind of the base materials to build it. So um, a lot of variation there. And then on top of that, you use um, instruments to build logic blocks, which has like a, um, you have a, uh, almost like a Tetris-like play field, and you're inserting these logic blocks into the play field, and those are your golems, like different attacks. So like your one axis is like um, north and south where the enemy is from you, and then the other axis is east and west, uh, where the enemy is in relation to your golem, and then that will determine what move they do uh, on this logic board, which is really weird, right? Super weird system. But it's interesting. Like, it was fun to mess with. I had a lot of fun. I probably spent two hours, you know, 
making items, making instruments so I could mess with the golems a little bit more. I had two of them this playthrough, like for different situations. Um, like if I was trying to like get certain items, I had one that had high luck. If I if I was just trying to fight, I had another one that was like specific kind of for fighting. And it was a very fun system that I had never experienced bef- before and had a blast with it this time, you know? Again, like this game is full of depth that's there, but you don't need to, you know? You don't need to interact with it, but it's there if you want it, which mm-hmm. I, I, I appreciate uh, a little bit, at least a little bit. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Me too. Uh, what else do I have to say about this game, Jake? <laughs> um, this game, like uh, going back to the art style of it, this mm-hmm. is like totally the beginning of the vanil- like vanilla wares style. So like they made Odin Spear, Dragon's Crown, Thirteenth Sentinel, Aegis Rim, um, which are you know. Some people will get those know those games those references. Some people. Like, if you if you look at those games, like specifically like you look at a game like Odin Sphere, and you put that next to Legend of Mana, it's like, oh that's to like it's that. Like it's trying to do that thing. And like Vanillaware has taken the foundation of Legend of Mana and like has made it their their, their central through point of like the things they develop and make. Um they also have a lot of esoteric, weird systems in their game, and they also have gorgeous hand-drawn visuals and sprite work. Um, it, it's really, it's really cool that you can kind of see that line from this game to like a, another uh, successful developer. I would be curious if there are a lot of people at that studio, Vanillaware, that had worked on this game, or like if that's like the origins of some of the studio's pedigree, because it. It's striking how similar it looks like, to me at least. Um, I just want to say that. Because I know how much you love Vanillaware games. Jeff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they call me Mr. Vanilla sometimes. <laughs> Friend of the show, uh, Race, likes some v- Vanillaware games. So if, if maybe that commentary is just for Race. <laughs> there you go. This, one, this episode is dedicated to Race. <laughs> <laughs> uh but I, I want to shout out one more thing. So you were talking about how like you searched online and found guides and like it was kind of rabbit hole down the internet here. I found one thing that I, I have to shout out and I really want to tweet at this guy uh, soon too. I found this article or this um, – it's a let's play, a narrative let's play he calls it. Uh, mm. It's called My Love Letter to Legend of Mana, a, a narrative let's play by um, Mega64. No – not the not, not that mega not 64. that one <laughs> yeah. not that mega sixty four different mega sixty four but um this thing is like such a cool let's play because it's like a fully written out like uh I guess like like it's called it's a love letter to this game and it has all these screenshots and all this it's it's really cool it's a really cool article. So- um, yeah, I, we would look at this when we were trying to figure out where you go go sometimes in the game. It's yeah, like a series of screenshots and the and, the characters and all sorts of stuff. And 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 it's written in like the perspective of the player character. Like oh, like this door seems seems kind of weird. Like I wonder what's going on with it. Then like as he's like figuring out the puzzle, like it's diegetically being explained by the player character. It is super duper cool. It is like this. It's a very, very. Uh, it's a cool thing, and I'm glad. I glad I found this. Like I wouldn't have. 
I wouldn't have looked at this otherwise. It came out in uh, 2013, so it's been a long time. I like I had a great time reading through this and using it for the for the show. So you know, shout out to Mega 64. I'll, I'll tweet at you, man. Like this. this yeah, is such a cool when thing. you when you uh, you know Google this game, when you look at the the wikis of it, the walkthroughs, the narrative let's plays and stuff like that, there is so much deep love for this game from the people who yeah. have played it and who have really engaged with it in that way and it's 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 a really cool to see that community yeah it's um yeah, it's, it's it's a very interesting game this is an interesting game like it's not always a good game but i think this is a very interesting game um for sure uh well tony so Jake, if you are ready is it also a good game in addition to being an, an interesting game what do you hey think? i like this game get <laughs> out of here of course like um I had a great time replaying this game again. It was like, I, I've sunk a lot of hours into this game over the course of my life. So there is that bias there. And I agree with you of all of the shortcomings of this game. And there are a lot of them. This game is, is a flawed game. However, I think the art and the music are transcendent. I think the uh, a lot of the combat is really fun for me. And that could be you know heavy nostalgia, but I have a fun time with the combat. Um, I had a very enjoyable time playing this game. Um, it, it's it's really good. I really enjoy this game a lot. Um, yeah, it, this is a hey, I like that game up and down. Um, we t- I, I mention this a lot whenever we do episodes. Like, hey, this is like it's close to is it hey I like or hey I don't like. This one is it's closer than I'm making it seem right now because there's a lot of negatives to this game, but this game rocks. Um, in a lot of ways, and it's truly an original. Yeah, this is a unique game. There's nothing else like this to, to this um, day. O- over 20 years yeah. later, there's absolutely. nothing else like this. Yep, there's nothing else like this game. Uh, so it, this is a hey, I like that game for sure. Jake, I have a bad feeling of where this is going, but just 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 do it. Oh, do you? I I oh god, I don't even I. I don't know, because um, like I was saying, I went on a journey with this game. When I was scribbling down how to learn a language, I wasn't having like a fun time, but I was figuring out the game. When we were getting lost in dungeons, I was getting pissed off when I, I put my starting map in a, a non-optimal area, and I think I'm locked off from doing the fairy quest uh, because of that. Like That's really frustrating, but when I... like. When I went to the wikis, when I engaged with all this like amazingly made fan material that's on online that te- teaches you how to do stuff, or even just like gives you like straight up recipes on how to craft good items, like that, like I like I like being able to like do crafting in games and stuff like that. I I liked making my monster corral. I I basically just wanted to get that flying sword enemy, Madam Stabby. Hell yeah! And like, because like some of the quests require you to have like a like a golem or a or yep. a monster. So I'm like, I want to have that sword as my. I want to have it floating around me all the time. So I looked up how to do that, and I got it. And it and Lady Stabby stayed with me the entire time, and she and I were best of friends. And like stuff like that is cool. I like getting the materials to craft my axe. That stuck with me for a long time. I like that feeling of, like, oh, I just crafted an axe. Like, I can't wait to take this out and, like, give it a spin. Like, that's the cool part of games. Like, that's stuff I like about 
uh, like the Elder Scrolls series, and like I'm not opposed to having a wiki open when I play games. Shit, I used to play Minecraft all the time, and that's basically mandated for games like that. Yeah, exactly. But uh, like the but like even at that point with engaging with it, like that there is that that, that uh, difficulty of of navigating of where to go. Like thinking of like the Jumi quest, there's this series of puzzles where you need to have two or at one point four gems to open a door and it tells you if you have one right but it doesn't tell you which one you have right so there's so much iteration running back and forth having to do that quest over and over again and like being able to turn encounters off is pivotal to being able to do that and not get so bogged down and so frustrated so like you're saying it's it, it, it is it's deceptively close for me too because there's a lot in this game that was cool that i kind of vibed with that i enjoyed a lot and there's a lot with this game that really frustrated the shit out of me and like i didn't engage with and like i would just be basically following the grid from the wiki where i'm not like really playing the game i'm just like okay north north east east north stairs switch like that like to that extent in it and the highs were well not that high but there were a lot of like pretty good moments and there were a few pretty shit moments and i had my frustrations with the art style but i respect the hell out of it i had my frustrations with my mechanics but i respect the hell out of it so i think that i finally landed on my rating where it's like hey i don't like this game but i respect the hell out of it it is yeah so robust and it is so lovingly crafted and there is still nothing like it to this day and that's cool like the way that I think about this game, and you you actually uh, you put it you put it very well in that there's not a lot of like highs in this game. I feel like this game like hovers like if you're looking at like uh, a grid, like a plot, and you, and you have like a uh, like a line that's like you know you want to keep going up right from the start of the game to the end of it. You want to like kind of be going up the whole time, do some peaks and valleys here and there. But like it feels like this game hovers right over like really good for a long time but then the spikes where it goes like way underneath that are like frustrating quests or you know oh i failed something and i didn't even know it or like how the hell do i do this thing like that happens all the time with this game (laughs) you know um and those low points bring down the overall average you know that, Mm -hmm. that is this game and it's it's like what is your tolerance for those things that will be the deciding factor for you with this game i feel like yeah you know 100 percent. i totally agree with you like this is this is one of the more um polarizing games i think we've done like it's it's a tough it's a really tough call it, it does is. a lot of really it does a lot of cool things but yeah i i will never disagree with you and say that this game is uh, perfectly designed in any ways because like i could probably name off just as many frustrating things about this game as i love about this game you know yeah it just is it is it's just one of those things you know it's great super cool i'm very glad i got the chance to play it i'm 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 happy i bought the remake on switch because i obviously the remake had a lot of a lot of care put into it like they remade every single background in this game and that could not have been a small feat yeah i um i really really like the art in this game very very cool god i turned my ac off so like it wouldn't be in the background and like i'm getting heated too so i'm a i'm a sweaty podcaster right now <laughs> i me too man I, like I, i've been sweating it out this episode it's been it's been good though what do we jake what are we playing next 
What game are we playing next? Okay, so uh, we got our, our wires crossed a little bit. I thought I was going to pick the previous game, and I was going to make you pick um, a, a strategy game. But now we've mm-hmm. done like a lot of like RPGs and like strategies and stuff like that in a row. So we are going to switch to a different genre. I'm not going to tell you what genre yet because I'm going to give you a choice okay. based on a very vague description. Um, so we are either going to play a true, undisputed classic of this genre like institution of this genre or we are going to be playing a uh another classic a cult hit less known but no less influential i think in this specific genre so which of those two do you want to go for cult cult okay now uh, now out of curiosity i'm going to tell you the genre and i want you to take a guess at the two games i'm thinking of (laughs) okay first person shooter Oh what? Um, I have wait so mainline classic, mm. true classic first person shooter. I, I don't know like Doom. Yeah, that that's it. It's Doom. Hey, there you go. <laughs> it was yeah, gonna be Doom. all right. <laughs> or next up on the podcast, we are gonna be playing System Shock Two. Oh, dope! I'm super excited for that. I've never played it. I I I bought the enhanced edition on Steam and I have 25 minutes logged. So I I think um Legend of Mana taught me that I need to uh stop worrying and learn to embrace the wiki and I think that's going to pay off a lot with uh, at least crafting a character in System Shock 2 if its reputation is to be believed. Yes, this is going to be great. Awesome. So yeah, next time up on Hey, I like that game System Shock too. Jake, where can the folks folks at home find us on the internet? Well, you can find us at Twitter at LikeThatGame. You can email us your suggestions, questions, comments, death threats to HeyLikeThatGame at gmail.com. You can find our Facebook at HeyLikeThatGamePodcast. Tony is streaming some Try Hard Tuesdays over at twitch.tv slash HeyLikeThatGame. And you should check us out at all those places, but especially that stream and again keep keep it keep an eye on all those socials for a special announcement coming up yeah yeah keep an eye on the social meds um for that stuff uh and as always jake live life passionately love each other unconditionally and play video games thanks everybody bye see you next time Hey there, folks. Tony here. Thanks for listening to the podcast this week. If you like the show, consider dropping us a rating and review on whatever platform that you're listening to this on. You know, every little bit helps. Uh, we are also streaming regularly on Twitch now. Uh, come hang out and join in on the nonsense live Monday, Tuesday, and Thursdays every week with a bonus uh, stream tossed in there for good measure every once in a while. Make sure to hit that follow button on the Twitch channel to join the Coops Club. Love you all. Bye.